name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and batzi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com slash infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life. Please give a warm welcome to our speaker for today, Mr. Walter Bond. Awesome, 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 Jake. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to today's crowd, we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about the Dallas Mavericks or the Detroit Pistons or the Utah Jazz. You know, hopefully we got some Gopher fans in the building. If you're a Gopher fan and remember the great teams that I played on with Coach Haskins in the late 80s, early 90s, I'm here to talk to you. And that's a great segue to what I want to talk about today. My whole life, I played sports. In fact, the first team I ever played on was a baseball team. I was seven years old. I have a brother who's two years older than me, and I'm excited. And we take my dad takes us to the local sporting goods store, and we get a new baseball glove and break it in, and we get sweatbands and we get all the gear. But what I didn't understand was that year, my first year in organized sports, my team did not win a game. The Eagles had yellow uniforms. And this is before political correctness. So you can only imagine the mean things that were said to us. And you can only imagine how horrible that experience was. Your first team that you ever play on is awful. We never won, not one time, not one game. But here's the good news. I made a decision at that moment that I will never lose again. I literally made up my mind that I hate losing and I will never lose again. So I went on to be one of the top basketball players in the state of Illinois, and I got recruited coast to coast. And here's the funny thing about my background. My father was my high school principal. So even in high school, I looked at leadership just a little bit different. I looked at culture just a little bit different. I was not your normal high school kid when you're the star of the baseball team, basketball team, football team, and your dad is the principal of the whole school. So I've been different for a long time since day one. So I want you to think about your culture, right? I want, I want you to think about your team, right? And the thing about sports that I love, you get immediate feedback. You know, I'm a huge Viking fan. And what they went one in five, we knew right away that the Vikings sucked. And the good news is Coach Zimmer made some adjustments, and he allowed the Vikings to get into contention for a playoff seat. And so my question for you right now, before I get too deep into my program, how have you been able to measure your team? Tonight, I'm going to give you a chance to measure your team because you need to get some real feedback. Because if your team is okay, don't you need to improve it? If your team is mediocre, well, don't you want to make it stronger? If your team is great, 
Don't you want to know your team is great? And so in sports, you get immediate feedback. And so we created a teamwork methodology through our training and development company to help leaders build high-performing teams and high-performing cultures. And I know you got a great idea, okay? I know you put a lot of money into it. I know you cashed out your 401k. I know you borrowed money from your family and friends. And the truth is, having a great idea is not enough. Having a great product is not enough. Having a great service is not enough. At the end of the day, whether you have 10 people, 20 people, 50 people, 100 people, or two people, you're on a team. And there's nothing more important for you to know how to build a high-performing team. So I want to ask you a question. Can you build a house without a blueprint? No, you can't. Can you build anything without a blueprint? And I get calls from a Gallup poll, and they talk about Walter. Everybody's struggling, struggling with high turnover and, and, and low, um, low engagement and absenteeism and presenteeism and all these isms. And here's the truth. It's bad teamwork. People leave bad teams, and they leave bad coaches. My Little League baseball team that did not win a game, here's what's crazy. Our team stayed together, but we got a new coach. And that new coach transformed those same guys. And we won a championship like four years later. So ladies and gentlemen, sometimes the business leader thinks the employees are the issue. I know you lay in bed some nights and say, man, my, 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 my admin doesn't get it. My, my HR person doesn't get it. My, my sales guy doesn't get it. But the question for you right now, do you get it? Do you know how to build a high-performing team? And if you don't know how to build a high-performing team, you better get a blueprint and you better learn how. So all of my career, I won. When I got to the University of Minnesota, guys, I was sitting on the bench and we had a Big Ten losing streak. And I was unhappy. I was frustrated. I was angry. I even called home. And my father asked me a question. Why don't you play, son? And I gave a lame brain excuse. Politics, Dad, it's political. And so my father asked me a question. He said, son, how does your coach get paid? I said, Dad, he gets paid to win. He says, okay, son, if your coach gets paid to win, won't he play the players that give him the best chance to win? And I thought about that Eagle baseball team. And I was reminded that although I'm not crazy about my role, I hate to lose. See, I became a prima donna in high school. And so when Coach Haskins put me on the bench, I had a bad attitude, okay? I did. My attitude was bad, but a quick conversation with my dad straightened me out, and I went to Coach Haskins' office and had a man-to-man -man conversation, and I said, Coach, I can help you win. I can help you win. And all of a sudden, I had a shift. It was no longer about me and my role, my position. All of a sudden, I was reminded that if I want to win, I must be willing to do whatever I need to do to win. And before I knew it, I was the top six men in the country. And we went all the way to the Sweet 16. You guys remember? That was some of the best days of Gopher basketball. We lost to Duke and Danny Ferry. We came back that next year and went all the way to the, to the Elite Eight. And we were one shot away from the Final Four. Kevin Lynch had a good look in that corner. And I believe nine times out of ten, he would have knocked that shot down. But it wasn't about that one shot. It wasn't about Kevin Lynch. It was a team effort. We won together, we lost together, and that's what teams do. So after eight years of professional basketball, I got a chance to play for the Utah Jazz. 
and a coach named Jerry Sloan, the fourth winningest coach all time in the history of the NBA. And I'm trying to make his team, guys. And I asked him a question. I said, Jerry, I'm trying to make your team, but since we don't scrimmage, I feel like I can't show you what I can do. He says, Walter, I already know what you can do. But if you want to make my team, I suggest you listen, follow directions, and execute. If you listen, follow directions, and execute, you'll be fine. He had a way. He had a culture, and he knew what he needed his employees to do. He knew what he needed his teammates to do. He knew what he needed his players to do. So if you go and work for Chick-fil-A, all they need you to do is listen, follow directions, and execute. If you go and work for Target, all they need to do is have you listen, follow directions, and execute. Great teams have a culture. They have a way. Bad teams hope to draft a superstar that can change their fortune and change their luck. The Minnesota Timberwolves don't have a way. And that's why they look so bad. They don't have a style of play. You can't build a culture if you don't have a style of play. So can I ask you a question? When you onboard a new employee, are you able to onboard them with your way because you have a strong culture with core values? Or you trying to hire the next superstar to change your fortunes? You know the answer. Smart companies are training and development organizations masquerading in their core business. If you look at any great company, they started small, but through training and development, they hit a bid. So here's the truth. When I left sports and got into business, my wife and I launched a training and development company right there in the Twin Cities. And I began to go to these corporate events. I've been brainwashed into teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. When I began to go to conferences, the conversation was about leadership, leadership, leadership. In fact, if you go into a local bookstore, the ratio of leadership books to teamwork books is ridiculous. It's even hard to find good content on teamwork. And through the years, I thought to myself, you know what, let me be humble. I know sports and I don't know business. Well, maybe, you know, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. And so eventually I thought more about it and I said, you know what? What is a leader's job? A leader's job is to build a high-performing team. And ladies and gentlemen, my wife and I got to work, and we created a teamwork methodology that is amazing because I'm teaching my business leaders. If you want to build a team, you better have a blueprint. And if you're not happy with your team, what are you going to do about it, okay? So what I want to do today is just to teach you just a brief explanation of one of the things we teach with our teamwork methodology, okay? It's called work expressions, and it is powerful, and I wish I had more time to go into it, but I'm going to give you as much as I can, and then we'll do some Q&A. Okay, as an athlete, here's the truth. You play your game, right? And so some guys like to shoot. Some guys like to dribble. Some guys like to rebound. Some guys like to block shots. So as an athlete, when I go to practice every single day, we're getting to know each other and how we express ourselves on the court. We had a teammate named Willie Burton. Oh, my God, that guy knew how to score. He was probably the greatest scorer I've ever played with. Willie wasn't a great decision maker, but he was a great scorer. And so I didn't focus on what was wrong with him. I focused on what was right with him. We had another guy named Richard Coffey. For you go from fans, you know Richard Coffey. He led the Big Ten in rebounding. He was six foot six, maybe the greatest rebounder I've ever seen at six foot six. 
And the truth is, that's how he expressed himself. When he wanted to contribute to his team winning, he rebounded. When Willie wanted to contribute to his team winning, he scored. And all of a sudden, we began to get these pieces to the puzzle. Melvin Newburn was a piece to the puzzle. Kevin Lynch was a piece to the puzzle. Jim Jansky was a piece to the puzzle. And I was a piece to the puzzle coming off the bench. I didn't do one thing great. I did everything well. And Coach Haskins was able to use me as a piece to this puzzle to grow a very, very successful team. So when you look at your teammates at work right now, you might say, I need a CFO. You might say, say I need a VP of sales. But the truth is, you need to understand how people express themselves through their work. And if you're frustrated, the chances are your team is unbalanced. Could you imagine the Minnesota Vikings with 53 Kirk Cousins? Some of you guys don't even want one, <laughs> right? Now, get off Kirk Cousins. He's a very good football player. But the point I'm trying to make is you only need one Kirk Cousins. He's an amazing quarterback. He's a very, very good quarterback. So the other teammates don't need to be duplicates of him. They need to compliment him, and they need to compliment each other. So real quick, I don't have a lot of time to go deep into it. These are the five ways people express themselves through the context of work. One, innovator. Now, the funny thing about business, we only celebrate the innovator. We always talk about Elon Musk, and we always talk about uh, 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 Bill Gates, and innovators, innovators, innovators. That's just one position on the business team. I promise you, maybe right now your team has an innovator. It's not fair to make one person any more important than anybody else on the team. An innovator is self-explanatory. But here's another work expression that you might not have on your team. It's an initiator. It's a person that can take this amazing idea and actually breathe life into it and bring it to being. When I think about my celebrity example, my example is Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook was not his idea. In fact, he stole it from his best friends. <laughs> what a friend. But the truth is, his superpower, or should I say work expression, is that he knew how to initiate it. He took this idea and brought it to life. My wife, my teammate, is an initiator. I'm an innovator. I come up with ideas, but I don't know, always know how to launch them. I don't always know how to initiate them. I don't always know how to manage the project, but my wife does. She's an amazing initiator. In fact, our best-selling book called Swim, it's about a shark, a sucker fish, and a parasite. Once I, I know, I know, it's deep. <laughs> but there's three kind of people, shark, sucker fish, and parasite. Anyway, I came home with the idea, and for the most part, she initiated it. She launched it. That's her superpower. No different than a wedding planner and no different than a general contractor. Does your team has an, does it have an innovator? Does your team have an initiator? They're both important. You need both on your team. And here's a third work expression, an instigator. I mean, this is the person who's not afraid to have that tough conversation. This is the person who's not afraid to put the moose on the table. Now, I can go on and on about celebrity examples, but I'm going to give you one. Might be controversial, but I think we all will agree. Our former president, Donald Trump, is an instigator. He's been doing it his whole life. That man loves to stir the pot. It's who he is. So he gets to the White House, and people want him to change. 
And Donald Trump is like, dude, this is who I am. This is not a political statement. I'm not picking sides. It is what it is. Dennis Rodman was an instigator, guys. Draymond Green, who plays for the Golden State Warriors, he's an instigator. All great teams must have an instigator. There's a local CFO in Minneapolis right now. Got fired from a job. I had taken her through the work expressions training, and she's the first person that called me after she got fired. She didn't even call her husband. She says, Walter, you're right, man. Your work expressions is brilliant. I'm an instigator, and I overdid it, and I got fired. Here's the truth. There's pros and cons to an innovator. There's pros and cons to an initiator. There's pros and cons to an instigator. And there's two more. Improver. An improver is a very important member of the team. An improver makes everything better. No matter what you put in front of them, no matter how good it is, that improver just naturally makes it better. When I look at a company called BlackBerry, okay, I sat down with one of their um, executives, or a guy who used to sell to BlackBerry, and I was um, sharing our work expressions with him. And I said, I'm trying to figure out what happened to BlackBerry. They launched a smartphone, and then they got dumb, right? And here it is 10, 11 years later, nobody has a BlackBerry. You can't even find a BlackBerry. So how did BlackBerry launch the smartphone, and all of a sudden they're already out of the industry? I shared this with a guy who sits on the board of IBM. He sits on the board of PayPal. And I was explaining to him the work expressions, and all of a sudden he says, Walter, I used to call on BlackBerry. And dude, you're right. This is brilliant. BlackBerry did not have any improvers. They had innovators. They had initiators. They even had instigators. But they had no improvers. They had nobody that could take that technology and improve it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Does your team lack something? The Vikings right now are getting ready to draft. And everybody's hoping, get one more offensive lineman, please. And some of you guys are thinking, well, how about, our, how about another wide receiver? We need, a, we need a linebacker. We need more defensive backs. Here's the truth. Mike Zimmer's job, okay, their job is to go into the NFL draft and find a player that fills a void on their team. So my question for you, business owner, what's the void on your team? Is it an innovator, okay? Is it an initiator? Is it an instigator? You guys just get along. This good old Minnesota nice stuff, and instead of having a tough conversation, it's okay. Or maybe you guys lack an improver, a person that can come in and say, hey, God, our product is good, but how can we make it better? Our service is solid, but, man, I think if we do this, it could be great. The fifth work expression is what I call an implementer. This is a person who just goes to work and gets it done. They bring that coffee thermos and that lunch pail, and they just work. They just work, and they just work, and they don't like to get social. They sit at their cubicle. But hey, hey, and here's a real, real truth in business. Typically, when it's all said and done, there's more said than done. When I think about the implementer, I think about Jack Welch, right? I think about how he built the auto industry. I think about Lee Iacocca, who would fire you if you didn't produce in the top 90%. But here's the truth. After a while, all their cars looked alike. So you need balance, guys. You need innovators. You need initiators. You need instigators. 
You need improvers and you need implementers. When we get inside of companies, the first thing we do, we want to measure your work expression to make sure your team is balanced. Because if your team is not balanced, you're not going to ever win the Super Bowl. If your team is not balanced, you're not going to ever win and win big. The way Coach Haskins used me, guys, he recruited me to come off the bench. He recruited me to play a very, very specific role for the Gophers. And I didn't accept my role right away. I was angry. I was bitter because my dream was to play in the NBA. And I'm trying to figure out how in the heck can I get to the NBA and I don't start for the Gophers. The truth was I dominated my position and I became the top six man in the country. And I was a big piece to that puzzle of why we won. And when I made it to the NBA, many of the guys didn't even know how to come off the bench, but I already had experience. By playing for the Gophers and coming off the bench, it came back to bless me. It came back to be a benefit to work expressions, guys. I'm telling you, you got to have all of these work expressions in balance. You got to have an innovator. You got to have an initiator. You got to have an instigator. You got to have an improver. And you got to have an implementer. And if your team is not balanced, trust me, <laughs> it's going to be very, very hard for you to win and win big. And I believe great teams in business have a balanced team and everybody plays their role at a high level and they don't compete with each other. They complete each other. I needed Richard Coffey and he needed me. I needed Willie Burton and he needed me. I needed Clint Haskins and Clint Haskins needed me. And when we get together in Dinky Town and reminisce I mean, it gets, it gets emotional because alone, we were okay. But together, we were a team. Together, we were a Sweet 16 team. Together, we almost went to the Final Four. And seven of us went on to play in the NBA. And the NBA recruited us to play a very specific position that was very, very consistent and congruent with the role we played in college. So when I think about a blueprint, our work expressions is a part of our teamwork methodology, and all it is is a blueprint to get business leaders to think differently about their team. Because when people quit, it's because they don't like your team. When people quit, it's because I don't get to come to work and express myself. If I don't get to express myself, I would lose my mind. So I get to innovate. And I get to improve. My wife gets to initiate. And so here we are impacting our same company by doing different things that complement each other.